with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Well, I can't find those statistics right now as I'm looking through my email box. But, interesting enough, I was watching the VMAs on TV and... The whole theme of the night was suicide. Right. In the mainstream, because we had uh, uh, Chris, Chris Cornell. Cornell die from uh, commit suicide from uh, Soundgarden. Right. And then I, it was like, was it like two weeks later or something like that? No, yeah, a few like weeks, that. yeah. A few weeks later, um, um, uh, Chester from Lincoln Park mm-hmm. uh, committed suicide as well. And so now I didn't even think about it. But yeah, on the VMAs, it was just like this whole theme was suicide. They were putting the suicide prevention line. They had girls standing on stage wearing the shirts and guys wearing, you know, you're not alone. And um, obviously, you know, even recently, maybe in the last six months, there was a, a, a young girl that was 15 that did a live webcast from Facebook, Facebook Live, where she was telling people why she was going to commit suicide. And then she made a noose and hung herself live. Remember seeing that? Yep. Yes. It was, dude, that was crazy. That was insane. That was all over YouTube as well. But, um, there's also that court case where that that um, girl that girl was that telling forced, that guy yeah. to, to commit suicide, and he, he even I mean at one point he's like I don't know if I want to do this and she's like no like you have just to do, do it. it yeah like you know just really like taking it home like she, she got there's no convicted way yeah to she, go yeah she got thirty I thought she got thirty years no no I don't know oh. No, no, she, uh, no, she didn't get that long. No, no. So what's so interesting is okay. So you get you're older, Melinda. You come hey, from the forties. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so young. Tell me how. Was, remember, yeah. How was it back then? <laughs> tell me how it was when Elvis Presley was hot. Uh, hot <laughs> <laughs> no, but was this happening any time in the eighties? Because I don't remember. You know something. You know suicide being so, being so prevalent in the news, like in the last. 20 no, years. It was it wasn't something that we dealt with. Nothing, right? No, not in school. I didn't I don't ever remember hearing anybody. You know what I'm saying? If I heard about it, it was a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, that's always happened. That's always been around. They've always either mixed drugs and alcohol or OD'd, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's happened they've died, but you know, never like a matter of like so many have I mean, think about um What's his name in uh, the Batman movies? Uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he committed suicide? Dead. Yeah. I mean, he had so many uh, drugs in his system. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like these things are happening more and more and more. And the only thing I can contribute it to when it comes to somebody like a celebrity who has everything mm-hmm. that they're missing the key ingredient, and that is Jesus Christ, obviously, mm-hmm. because they're still empty. Yeah. They have everything. They can buy anything they want. They can have any girl they want. The world is their oyster, and yet they're still unhappy. Yeah. I was thinking, I was trying to think about what suicide I remember when I was young. And I just remember some guy in high school, his girlfriend broke up with him, mm-hmm. and he went home and shot himself. That but that was it yeah. in, in high school. But it was but that was it. I no. I remember. I remember a couple too. I mean, I, I don't want to say his name, but I remember a dude that we uh, ran with. He was a little a couple years younger than us, um, but he started doing meth and uh, dude. He was making a lot of money and stuff. And then he isolated himself from everybody. He was being tormented, no doubt. I used mm-hmm. to do meth with him, and then um, 
Nobody talked to him for like a couple of weeks. He didn't want anybody around. And then the gardeners found him. He was 22 years old. He had he had shot himself in the backyard. You know, they were sporadic. Um, you know, the, the dude back in the day with the acid trip and everything. I was just thinking about that. You know, that, yep. that one too. I mean, obviously, both of those were, were connected to, to drugs. To drugs. Um, but there's a lot of suicides. I mean, yes, I, I can understand when it happens with drugs because you're not in your right mind. Right. Yeah. But right now what's going on is that girl that, that decided to hang herself, 15 years old, she was in her right mind. There is a lot of suicide that's going on with people that are not high on drugs or yeah. anything. It's yeah. like the enemy is just coming in and, and messing with people's minds. I think that so many people feel like they're all alone. De- depression and anxiety are at all, all time high. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is is without mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol. Some of those are um, amplified because of drugs and alcohol. But um, I, I met with a girl just the other day, which I had another cool thing on the end of a Friday night study. Um, she, you know, got my attention when I was walking out, waved me down, asked if I could talk to her if I had time. And I began to sit down and I could just see in her way as she's communicating to me, she almost seemed like she was just like a wounded animal, basically, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like shoulders are kind of shrunk down and right. just kind of like you could tell she'd gone through a lot of stuff. But you know what brought her there when Austin Carlisle was was at the church a couple months ago. And when Austin was talking about his whole life, his story, um, she was able to relate. And then this was the first time she actually came back to the church uh, this uh, this Friday night that I had been teaching. And she had gone through so much depression. She had gotten um, molested when she was um, a young. She actually got like sexually active, basically, with someone around her same age when she was really young. Um, and he grew up in church. She kind of knew. So she he had she got this old twisted uh, image of who God was because they said they were Christians, but yet they were doing these things to her, and she thought it was okay. Like she was all right. got all these things twisted, and then she was struggling with her own self-image, and then depression, anxiety, and suicidal things that she was struggling with. And I just began to talk to her and share with her the character of God because she felt like she was doing so wrong, and like God couldn't forgive her, alive the enemy. Um, and had her in a place of isolation with, where suicide, she felt, was going to be the way out. Fortunately, it seems like God's working in her life and she's in a better place right now. Um, but it just opened my eyes again. Like you're saying, she wasn't somebody, she had like a crazy exterior or whatever, but she's just one of those those girls that are kind of like just trippy with her look and everything. But she's not really a drug a druggie or anything. She's just... Um, when it comes to Austin and you know, those lyrics, and you talk about like the Lincoln Park and everything, right. uh, you know, a lot of them speak about you know the struggle, you know, especially Lincoln Park, the struggle, and nobody cares, nobody mm-hmm. listens. Like I feel alone. Like those are actually really like a heartfelt emotions that they're battling right. with, that mm-hmm. people struggle with and try to find an answer for it. And if they're not connected to the, a source, the the truth, what do you have to pull from to? Um, Help. I have another story. I was out in New Mexico recently, um, speaking at a. I was like speaking at an outreach thing in a park, and uh, when I was speaking, when I got done speaking, I was talking about suicide and all these things. So when I walked off the, it's not a stage. It was just like in a park. I just walked down to the grass. This aunt and the mom brought their daughter. They said, "Hey, we heard you speaking about suicide and these things." Our daughter, she tried to commit suicide last night. So they brought her to me. I, I start talking to her. She's 15 years old, and I'm just like, like what, like what's up with you? Like what do you, why? What what's going on? What's happening in your life? 
and basically her parents were saying that she she hasn't been going to school. She just wakes up so depressed she doesn't want to go to school. So not only that, but then they go, I go, what about what else? Are you just like piling out on social media? They go, yeah, she lives on social media. Mm. So here she is. I don't know what's happening on social media, but she's obviously looking at all these people's lives. And I think this is like, you know, older people could listen to this and be like, oh, man, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds stupid for us older guys and girls. Right. But the thing is, with the youth, they're growing up. And, and I'm in an area where I was at New Mexico. This area was very low income. Um not much going on. It wasn't even like a, I mean, when you're in California, I mean, we, you look at the city here. I mean, there's, there's like, this, I think there was like a couple of lights in the city. You know what I mean? There's, there wasn't anything going on out there in this area. Actually, they said the, the school district was uh, one of the worst, I think, like almost the worst school district in the United States. Wow. Okay, so you can imagine. So here this girl is in the city, not much going on, just literally looking at, social media looking at social media and just seeing how her life is just nothing right and now here she is she wants to commit suicide Mm. and you think when you start thinking about how many people around the world these kids because i mean not everyone grows up in southern california or nice you know nicer areas i mean you go across america or what about south america central america Mm -hmm. mexico i mean africa I've, i've been to all these different countries i mean it's Dude, this is what's going on. They're looking at what's happening around them, and then the enemy comes in and just basically just says, look at your life. Your life is nothing. But we're all created with a purpose, and we can work hard to, to hopefully get out of that situation. And there, there is opportunities, but if you just – there's always an opportunity to do something. I mean you, you see people that come out of India, which is like right. one of the worst places in the world, you know, certain parts, and they've become successful. There's always opportunity, but if – the enemy could keep us caught up in our devices or in our in our depression and don't want to do anything about it. That's where he has you. He has you captive. He has you isolated. Right. And that's when he does the work. You know, I've always looked at that. You know, I've always been fascinated with um, musicians, you know, mm-hmm. once at times past. You brought up about how many uh, musicians have committed suicide over the years. But um, and we still see it today. It's crazy because... You're able to hear the heartbeats and the, the communication of like what's on their heart, you know. From the old days, you had the Jim Morrison right. um, and you know Jimi Hendrix, all these guys. But then I was just thinking about like Amy Winehouse. You remember Amy yes. Winehouse from yes. a few years ago, right? Uh-huh. Gnarly girl. Everyone talks. That girl has like mad talent, right? Exactly. Like her voice, like she has a throwback voice mm-hmm. of like the fifties and everything, and be able to play some of that that old school music. Um, but the battle she battled with, I've seen some documentaries on her, like the gnarly alcohol and like the pills, but also this ma- major depression. depression. And yes. there's other people that not, you know, even. Um, I'm Have going you seen the on one Amy? Of, it's called Amy. And it has her, her life sideways. That is the, the documentary. I think I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. No. And, you know, there's other girls, too, that I'm thinking about. I'm kind of going blank on some of their names, but famous have made it and have expressed the same thing, too. Right. Like having battles of suicide, and that's what you're talking about. It doesn't surprise me, like the, the the music awards, because it's so prominent in the industry. You know, not only do they see it there, they see it with their fans. You know, the fans relate because what they're talking about in their songs, like right. they're actually struggling with those things as well. Yes. And it's this whole culture that is fine, looking for answers, and a lot of times looking for answers in all the wrong places. They all united in the fact that there's a pain in their heart. Something has to be dealt with. You're seeing the you know some of their idols commit suicide because the pressures of life 
and then they also feel like they get it. They understand. And the crazy thing is, obviously, it's not just within the church. It's an epidemic everywhere. It's in the world. Like that song. Military. Yeah, the military, too. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. these artists made this song. And I'm just going to read some of the lyrics from the song. But it's like, I've been on the low. I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't mine. Who can relate? And then the crazy thing is it goes on. It says all this other stuff I'm talking about. They think they know it. I've been praying for someone to save me. No one's heroic. And my life doesn't even matter. I know it. I know it. I know I'm hurting deep down. But I can't show it. I need a place to call my own. I had a, I've never had a home. Ain't nobody calling my phone. Where you been? Where you at? And what's on your mind? Who wrote that? I was Logic and Alessia Cara. Um, wow. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. Like, yeah. that's like, that's what they want. They want that person to come up to them and be like, hey, what's going on? Like, checking up on people. Like, if you have a friend out there, that just all of a sudden starts retreating and doesn't want anybody around them, like, I would be concerned. I would Mm. be calling that friend and being like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And I wouldn't stop. You know what I'm saying? Because that is what they do. Mm -hmm. They retreat. They isolate themselves. And then what happens? Satan comes in and tells them all this stuff in their head. And then they feel like the only way out is suicide. You know? And it's become... You know, like something to do, too, because, oh, you know what? You could be famous. You tape your suicide, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, and Satan's telling them, look, you're going to live forever. Right. Why? Because you're on social media. People are going to view it. You're going to get a million views. You're going to be famous. Because we all we all have that thing in us. Oh, yeah, we want want to be famous. We want people to see us type thing. And that's the deceit. That Mm -hmm. is the deceit that... That you are going to become something if you're dead, yeah. More that than if you're is alive. The biggest lie ever. Yep. I, I remember when I, I I remember like when I wasn't a Christian. I knew, um, I knew I was going to die in a hotel room. I knew I'd OD one one time sooner or later in the hotel room, and I was like, for some reason that sounded like an all right. Yeah. Like I was like I, I wasn't like excited about it, but I was like okay, well, I'll deal with it. Like that's that's I guess just the way I'm going to die. Yeah. Like I was the C basically. Right. I was Dude, is that crazy? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because like I've always said like I never tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. But there came a time in my life where I didn't care if I would die. You know, yes. I wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't scared to die. I mean, Ryan knows our friends, some of the, the drugs that we did and the amount of drugs that we did. And, you know, people die of overdoses and we're mixing it with alcohol all the time, like very easily. Uh, could have died or overdosed. There was one time that, you know, Ryan's talked about before, uh, back in the day where we did, I don't know how many ecstasy, ecstasy pills we did around Labor Day weekend. And I remember going back to your house and um, we were trying to wind down. You went into your room and I was in the front room and my heart was pounding out of my chest. And I remember thinking like, how does it feel when you OD? And in my mind, I was like, I kind of feel like it feels how you feel right now. Mm-hmm. Like I was really wrestling with my mind. That's crazy. Like, this could be it. Right. Like, I remember trying to get myself to kind of, like, relax and chill because I don't want to do anything more because it, it was a little gnarly, you know? I had never felt that way before, so amped where my heart was pounding out of my chest and just feeling a little bit, like, off. Right. You know? You know, thank the Lord I was able to sleep for, like, an hour or two, woke up, and 
made it through. But that's where that was the beginning of the end for me before I came to the Lord within a year, because that's where the demonic oppression really spearheaded, like in my life. You know, um, I had so many things that I wrestled with. You know, now that I know, I didn't mm-hmm. know then, but Satan was you know, really coming into my life, you know, demonic oppression being, uh, you know, held down in my bed. I had bouts of depression that I was just powering through with. I mean, I wouldn't label depression, right. but it was depression. And the only way that I made it through was doing more drugs and drinking more and just trying to brain drown, out, right? it out. Mm-hmm. drown it just out. Just drown it out. You know, going on little bar missions by myself sometimes, like in gnarly situations, just like because you don't care. You just need right. to be sedated. Exactly. You know, and yeah, I, I can relate to the fact of like that the battle of um, not wanting to live any longer. And that's where I have found myself for quite a bit, you know, even though I had a lot of friends, even though I had a great family, uh, still do. Um, yeah, my life could have been so much worse in a lot of areas, but I was just messed up. Right. And the root of this all is Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give life abundantly. And it's so interesting is because people like to stay, they don't like to, but they stay caught up in it, which I was one of them for 19 years, mm-hmm. um, because you become deceived. So maybe you're listening to this show right now, and maybe you feel like we're resonating. Maybe that's the whole, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You don't have to live this way. You're not alone. You don't have to live this way. That's why Jesus came into the world to die on the cross for our sins and and in a relationship with him by us believing in him, we believe and we receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one that comes to comfort us. It's the work, a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will start transforming us from the inside out, inside of our mind, inside of our heart. And then through that change, the inner work of the Holy Spirit, then the outward things around us start coming, start changing around us as well. But there has to be a starting point, And that's where you have to come to God in submission and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Save me. I mean, the prayer could be that short. Save me. And he will come in like a, a rushing wind into your life and he will start working in your life. The gospel will change someone in a moment. He will change you immediately. Now, are all the things around you going to be changed overnight no because it's a it's a work of the holy spirit but immediately you will believe in him you will receive his holy spirit and then that's where the process starts he starts transforming us one second at a time i like i like what you said sean about how you know you had tons of friends Mm -hmm. you had a good family same Mm -hmm. with you ryan Mm -hmm. you had tons of friends you had a good family so realistically the formula, there is no formula. Right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it's not these people that, you know, have horrible families who have no friends. I mean, yeah, that does happen there, but that is not the only thing. You know what I'm saying? So to think in your mind, oh, it could never happen to me. Why? Because I have a great family. I have all these friends. Like, don't be deceived that Satan can't come in and mess with your mind and make you believe that this is a better option. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's so important that, you know, you have to have those people around you. Like the Bible says in Proverbs about iron sharpens iron. Having that friend that's going to be sharpening you, that's going to be there for you. Because we all go through hard times. Yeah. And we all go through times, even as Christians, like thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. This is too much. I can't handle this. We all know the Lord never gives us more than we can handle. But there are times. And if you don't have that those people around you to remind you of God's promises and what he has for you, 
you could get sucked in so easily because that's Satan's plan. Yep. You know, and being aware of what he wants to do. Like Ryan said, he comes to rob, steal, and to kill. That's his motive. That's his desire. That's what he wants. That's his ultimate goal. And that's why now I think suicide is so prevalent because the time is getting closer to Jesus Christ's return. So Satan is out like a roaring lion trying to grab all the people he can because he knows the time is short and he's got to get busy getting these people into hell. And there's no hope. If you're not hanging out with people that are iron sharpens iron, then you're surrounded with other people that are going through the same stuff with no hope. Right. So now you have this whole generation with no hope. Yeah. Exactly. And And there is no hope. There's no hope for me if I don't have a relationship with God. I mean, there's nothing you could buy. There's no no relationship you could have. There's no amount of kids you could have. Nothing will will satisfy that, that eternal... That, that hole that you need to fill with, with eternity that you have with, with the Holy Spirit, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, and like you know, we've said before, it's like that when the Holy Spirit starts working in your life, you know, don't think of like, we think in this way of like all of a sudden this light's going to just you know, shine upon our path as we're walking down the street, and now God's going to speak. You know, happened in times past. God could do it if he wanted to. Right. But in, but in a, a great majority of the time, it's like these thoughts, like you start recognizing something like doesn't feel right any longer mm-hmm. you don't like feel joy anymore, or your peace or happiness or whatever you want to call it right. the lifestyle you're living in for me i remember the last that last year being at bars with all the homies all the friends and you know getting hammered and all that kind of stuff but then it's like i'd have those moments where like i'm bored like i'm over this yeah, I'm this is tomorrow. all there is like, <laughs> like it, it just those thoughts would start coming up and then i still continue going on and then they peak up again and be like I'm looking at my friend. He's just like a drunk mess. You know, somebody gets in a brawl, you know, cops are coming. Like, it's just like, all right, you know, I got to go home, go to sleep, wake up, go to work. Like, it, it just, the whole thing I was just getting over. And God used that to for me to start thinking, you know. And even me being a moron, I still right. stayed in there until right. I got busted <laughs> in, in a cop car being an idiot as well. Mm-hmm. And those those moments where it's like, is this really life? Right. Is this how I, I, what I what I was created for? Like you said, I remember one of the things that would hit me hard is that last time I got my second DUI is being in court, the judge saying that you're going to jail and seeing my full name on court papers. And I remember thinking like, my life wasn't supposed to be this way, dude. <laughs> I'm looking at these guys right. next to me. I'm like, nah, like I'm in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know how to get out of it. Right. I didn't know how to get sober. I didn't know how to fix my life because anytime I tried to, I always screwed it up. Right. And that's why when I tell people that, like, a relationship with a God, I can't just tell you, um, this is what I did. This is what I did to fix myself. That's not how it was. Like, I actually went to a place of complete brokenness. And, like, if you're real, if you're real, God, reveal yourself to me. Mm -hmm. And that's what began this new journey that I've been on for the last 13, 14 years. It's all the decisions that we make, too. If you keep making bad decisions, right? What do you expect's going to happen? Exactly. You yeah. have to start making of make it make it of. You have to start making <laughs> positive decisions. Yeah. And you know, positive is the 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 fruits of the Holy Spirit. Positive decisions, the right decision, the righteous decisions, which is right living mm-hmm. decisions. And then you're going to see your life start transforming. But if you keep Making one bad decision after another, and you're going, why am I so depressed? It's like, dude, we all have free will. Right. right. Decisions that you make, 
there's going to be consequences. Either good. There's you, there's a, there's a, what does say? there's like a reaction yeah. to every action. Yes. There's a reaction to every action. Exactly. Make a bad decision. Go run a red light. Chances you're going to get a ticket. Right. Right. Stop at the red light. You're good. Exactly. You know, and and that's what it comes down to is um, is is easy as that sounds i mean that's you have to start making the right decisions and what helps you to make those right decisions a relationship with god it's a work of the holy spirit will help you to make those right decisions when you want to make those wrong decisions because the holy spirit will give you that stop sign mm-hmm. no ryan it's probably not a good idea and you're like yeah or you could just say oh i'm going to i'm going to continue to make these bad decisions it's a work of the holy spirit yep. exactly. in our lives now today yeah. right now i can leave out of here i mean i was on instagram the other day and I was flipping through, and dude, like on Instagram, pornography popped up. I'm married with kids. I've watched pornography in like nine years, nine years, I think, or something like that. Dude, it popped up. I mean, Holy Spirit. Yeah. I was actually shocked to even see it on Instagram. Right. right. I didn't know they can do that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. exactly. it's like oh, it's like Kidland, you know. Right. But there's ways the there's ways they're doing it now. But this is this is where the problem lies. The problem lies, and you know this firsthand, Ryan, because you talk about it, is that the kids have no knowledge of God. Yeah. So how can they make right decisions? Yes. You know what I'm saying? They're in this funnel of just wrong, wrong, wrong because they don't know right. Because there's no moral standard anymore. Exactly. Do you, you know ha- what I'm saying? Do you know how many times parents have jumped up their kids and like, hey, help. Can you help with my kid? Fix my kid. But then you're looking right. at them <laughs> and they're dropping. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Dropping them up at the church and then going to go eat or whatever. Maybe it'd be good for them to go to the youth. You know, you know, meet Scott or whoever right, the, right. the youth pastor is and stuff. But they're not connected. Yeah. The parents are. You could just tell. They might come once in a while, but the heart's not there. Well, kids kids are little mimickers, right? They mimic oh, they, you. Right. My kids like, mimic me. Yeah. yeah they, oh. they, they, they watch their parents and they learn. They do. <laughs> yeah. So here you are. You're not going to church. You're not reading the Bible. You're not living the the life that God, you know, God created us for. Mm-hmm. Drop them off and the kids come home. They you hear some words. They come home. And then they just watch their parents and mimic your parents. Well, the crazy thing is, is the parents know the answer. Okay? Because they're right, dropping their kids yes. off at church, so they know the answer. Yes. But the kid's going to come home and go, you want me to go here, and you want me to do this, but you're not doing it? So mm-hmm. why is why do I have to do it if you don't have to do it? You know what I'm saying? And it, that's... That's the big thing with this generation. Yes. They call you on stuff. Exactly. That's the thing. Because things have been so messed up with authority figures in the home... In government, television is filled with them, and social media reminds us of how messed up these people that we thought were on point were all messed up. They're like, "Well, what are you? I mean, how about you?" Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so they don't they don't have that that um that trust factor in people for sure. No. Okay, well, we're gonna be going to break in a few minutes. Um, I do want to plug the Wake Up Tour. Uh, we I'm doing the Wake Up Tour. We're gonna continue to do it for uh, not only 2017. But I think as of now, we're actually booked for 2017. We're starting to book 2018, starting in January and February. We want to take this thing to the East Coast. We will do some some stuff on the West Coast, but um, definitely want to hit it hard on the East Coast this uh, January and February. If you want to book it, you can go to our, my website, ryan-reese.com. Also on that uh, website, we have all the past shows of the radio show with uh, with uh, Melinda and Sean and I just talking about subjects like this and other subjects. And then there's the Shine Bible Studies that are the Gospel of John. You can get that there. And the Whosoever's Movement. Um, we are also doing another tour called the Kill the Noise. We are touring public high schools, um, going in and giving the gospel to these kids because the harvest is ripe. 
And if you want us to come to your local high school, if you're a teacher, if you're a student, if you're a uh, maintenance guy, we just need a way to get to the Christian Club teacher to go in and we're doing these uh, lunchtime events. They're like lunchtime rallies. The kids come in, they get free pizza. Uh, we give them the gospel, the raw gospel. We we do an altar call. They're getting saved. We get them the gospel of John, courteous, courtesy of the Gideon's Bibles. And uh, then we get them plugged into the Christian club and to the church in that local area. So it's amazing. I mean, we're seeing kids get saved like crazy. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, the kids are dealing with anxiety, obviously depression, suicide, like what we've been talking about on this show, um, transgender, pansexual, um, I'm going to see a student right now next week in San Diego that, you know, she's uh, pansexual. She says she feels like committing suicide or she's suicidal. Um, we're going to meet with her this next week. And um, that's just the state of the world. I mean, there was one student at Anaheim High School that mm-hmm. was a 15-year-old boy. Um, I guess he would be considered a transgender. He actually got a breast uh, job. So okay. so now he's 15-years-old boy with uh, with a boob job. I mean, that's just like commitment. That's yeah. just... The parents had to sign off on this. Exactly. I mean, forget what the kids going through. Right. Think about the parents, parents signing off on their boy mm-hmm. to cross dress and to to get this. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. This is like this is pretty wild times. To no. me, I mean, it's a breakdown of the parents. Yep. You know, it is absolutely a breakdown of the parents, and we'll talk about that uh, when we get back right after the break in two minutes. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. All righty. Well, right before the break, just talking about this whole suicide issue that's going on in culture. You know, the VMAs had it, the whole theme through the whole, uh, from the beginning to the end, just about suicide. And it is running rampant, but we've talked a lot about what's going on with the kids and the state of, of even the high school students. But what is the hope? It's it's Jesus Christ. And um, we have to reach, we have to reach the parents. I mean, yeah. Right before the break, you were just talking about it's a breakdown at the home. It is. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say about that? Um, well, have you heard about that Canadian couple that is raising their child as they're, – they're not raising their child as a female or a male. I'm about to start laughing right now. They, they're joking. They are allowing like- the child to decide when they are old enough what they want to be. So they don't call the child a he or a she, nothing of that nature. So the child has no idea what they are. This so think is the about stupidest it. thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you, wow. you, you, this is the stupid. If you're born, you don't know what you are. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're a baby. Okay. So then when the child's old enough, they're going to say what they want to be. I mean, how is that? Where is this at? Where did you read this? I can't remember where I read it. I'm going to Google it. You know, it's just not logical. <laughs> but no, but this is my point. Yeah. There are parents that are behind these things that are going on that are okaying it. Like Ryan, you were saying how that parent must have okayed that boy to have breasts put on. I mean, the parents have to be okay with it. 
Yeah. It's like I remember when I was talking to the one, she wasn't a friend, she was an acquaintance, and she was telling me how her son wants to dress in dresses all the time. And Who, who's pl- this? A, an acquaintance of oh, mine. Oh, yeah. And play with Barbies and play with dolls and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm not like, <gasps> that's terrible, but I'm like, why are you encouraging it? Yeah. It's normal for kids to be curious. Yeah. I have a son with three daughters. Has he been dressed up in dresses? Absolutely. I've, has, wor- I've worn some high heels before. <laughs> <laughs> has he played with Barbies? Absolutely. Why? Because he has three sisters. But that in no way, shape, or form makes him gay. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like the, it's a parent's responsibility to direct their child in the right way. Yeah. But it goes down to what we were saying. There's no moral standard. Everybody is doing what they want to do in their own eyes. And society is stepping back and saying, do whatever you want. To make you long, happy. Yeah, as long as it doesn't affect me. If it doesn't affect me, I'm okay with it. Mm. But once it starts affecting me, then I'm going to get involved. This is why mm. we need an outpouring of God's spirit. Yes. Because seriously, like, it just, I mean, as we even we're doing this wake-up tour, this wake-up tour is for the church, to wake the church up and... Sometimes it just feels like you're just talking to a wall, you know, like people mm-hmm. hear it. They're just like, mm-hmm, and then they walk out. And then, you know, yeah. a lot of them can get impacted for that day and then go back to their, their old life. That's why there has to be like, I'm just praying that God will pour out a spirit because when, when the presence of God shows up. You don't have to manipulate. People you don't have to strive or anything. Yeah, the presence of God, you're just, he speaks to you. We, we need his presence, and that's when the whole outpouring of the Spirit happens is the presence of God shows up. I mean, I remember people talking about – I've talked to several people about when the whole hippie movement um, back in you know in the 60s, 70s, right here at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, they said they could feel the Holy Spirit from blocks away. Right. Mm-hmm. Dude, think about that. That's heavy. Yep. Mm-hmm. They could feel the presence of God from blocks away as they would be walking because that outpouring of spirit was was happening, but they're in the and one of the things is is like their lives became a walking epistle, like it became like evidence of God's word. That that's what everyone had a heartbeat for, had a heartbeat for evangelism. Wherever they went, it wasn't like they were striving right. to communicate to the gospel. It was just so natural because they were on fire for the Lord. That happens to people's lives too, right? Just not in the big droves. Of times past, you know, a lot of times a church has been guilty of becoming a spectator church where you're just spectating. You're, it's like um, it's like going to a show, going to a concert or whatever, and you're just watching, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's in worship, you're just watching them play music or you're just watching uh, the person teaching, the pastor teaching. Um, and it just becomes the norm. That's that, that's dangerous ground because then there's no there's no life. Right. There's death. You could be doing all the right things, you know, like in your your flesh. You know, mm-hmm. you could be going to the church. You could be praying. You could be reading. You you could be doing helping people in need, like the book of uh, Revelation mm-hmm. talks about of Ephesus. But there's no love. There's no right. fellowship. There's no communication. There's no change. And Jesus rebuked that kind of relationship with God. Like it has to be. Active. Right. Faith without works is dead, meaning your words have to be backed up by your life. Exactly. Right? The crazy thing is, if you think about it, what really is different? You had the Jesus people movement back in the hippie days, but what's different today? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it that people are not 
you know, a living testimony? Why aren't they living out, you know, their relationship with the Lord? Like, realistically, like we talk about how, you know, times have changed and all that kind of stuff. But they had everything that we had. There's nothing new under the sun. I think there's more distractions now. Which is probably true. But, I mean, there were drugs. There was alcohol. There was, you know, sex. I mean, all these things. And yet, you know what, people, it's like this lackadaisical thing that people have these days. Like, it's, it, it's almost like an, an unbelief that the Lord is coming soon. Like they have time or something mm-hmm. that, that that they're going to be able to get their life together before the Lord comes back. Like there isn't an urgency. Like I felt like, I mean, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I felt like back in the Jesus people movement days, there was sure? this urgency. They knew the Lord was coming back. And so what? Their hearts burned to go out and, you know, witness to people. Do you think that because like when you look at what's what's happening, people are seeing all this negative stuff uh-huh. that's happening that you know, people are being becoming immune to it. It's just it's everywhere. It's like back in the back in those days, you know, there was like good. I mean, good and evil. You could clearly see the lines back right. then because mm-hmm. it was a very like Christian country at that time. Right, but right. nowadays, I mean, bad. I mean, we got weed leaves and on on socks and tillies, <laughs> right? At just like little kid shops. Um, we got the syrup drinks. I mean, we got drugs and alcohol and stuff on T-shirts. And parents buy it for and their pe- kids. Yeah, so like. <laughs> So it's like what's bad is not really bad anymore. Like yeah. I think there's a there I, is a Bible verse so. says what's good is evil and evil is good. Right. Yeah. So like evil is good. I mean, even just watch TV. Like look at everything well, in the world. Yeah. I mean, I think we are getting numb to a numb. lot of things that mm-hmm. are taking place. Yeah. I mean, terrorism. I mean, how many incidents have happened? That's gnarly. That, right. that should be like a wake up call. Like I don't know about you, but lately, as I'm walking around, especially in big areas and stuff, and I know because I deal with so many people that are struggling, like mm-hmm. ment- some mentally off, some induced by drugs, just dealing with like people struggling with real gnarly things, demonic things at times as right. well. I like really am like mindful of where I'm walking, you know, because. There is this thing where the enemy is just tormenting people. Right. Like, for sure. You see it on the streets. I was with my father-in-law the other day, and I was driving by, and I saw this guy that was, like, you know, screaming, yelling at the air. And I was like, I see that I see that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? My, my father-in-law was saying the same thing. I'm like, you know what? They're, they're probably talking to demons. Right. Because when I was dealing with this one guy, it was like, this was like a couple of weeks ago, he came to the church. He was all tormented. Like, jacked up he was stoked that he saw me he's like i love the whosoever's love you guys da, 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 da. and i began talking to him pray for him he listened and then as i'm leaving out of the church he's down the street and i just see him screaming and yelling at something that's not even there and then i pull over to him and i'm like hey man what's up and just like had a different look on his face like he was going nuts and then i was like you good man and then all of a sudden he looked at me like yeah i'm good and then he bolted across the street and it was like this gnarly torment aggro on edge kind of thing and there are people wrestling with some major things in the world today well, there was sure. there was a girl that came up to me at diamond bar a couple of weeks ago and she came up it was after the prayer night and she came up and she says hey i just want to thank you because um i came here uh, a couple of years ago, I, I don't remember. It was like three or four, three years ago, four years ago. I don't remember what it was. But she says, I came here and I was I was dealing with uh, depression and suicide. And she was hearing voices 
Mm. Like we were talking about yeah. demons, yep. suicide, talking about suicide, telling her to take her life. And, you know, we just, we laid our hands on her. We prayed for her. And she says that night it all disappeared. Um, and now she, now she's actually went to the, um, she's actually a policeman in, in uh, uh, LA County. She's okay. in, in the, she's a police officer in the LA County. But up to that point, she was going to commit suicide, kill herself, hearing voices, demonic stuff. Right. Surrender her life to God, got prayed for, got delivered, and her whole life transformed. Wow. Yeah. If that's not the evidence. There it I mean, is right there. there it is for so, everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing is, is I think, I could be wrong, but I think parents in their minds think, well, you know, if I buy these socks that have a weed. What's a big deal. What's a big deal? Yeah, it's what's the big good. deal? It's, 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 not, it's not like my kids are going to. Who cares if they're listening to like all this crazy music that's just like garbage going on in their mind all day long? You know, it's it's not going to affect them. Why? I mean, we're like, you know, doing the right thing. Like we're moral people, or we're in church. How is that going to affect them? I'm I'm counteracting it, you know. But they don't realize that they're giving weight to it. They're saying yes, this is good. Yep. You know what I'm saying? This is good. I'm buying this for you, so it is good. Because there's no moral standard That's anymore. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. Yes. No one stands. What, what Chuck quoted this quote one time: um, e- uh, "Evil prevails because good people do nothing, or if right. you don't stand for anything, you'll fall. You'll for fall ever, for everything. everything. Yeah. No one stands for anything anymore. Right. Salt and light, light of the world." Light and darkness. And think about it. It's so slight. You start off so slight and compromising in little things. And then pretty soon you wake up one day and you're like, how did I get here? It was this little thing that I said yes to, but you don't realize you say yes to that little thing, like Chuck says. And then all of a sudden, everything's a yes. And it's like you don't realize it because it's so slight. And that is Satan's tactic. I want to little things. I want to add something to that. I want to hit on drinking a little bit right now because this, this, this happens so much with this little bit of compromise. Yes. Jesus made wine. Mm-hmm. Jesus made wine. We don't right. know. I don't, I don't know how, what the percentage of alcohol was in it. I don't know if it was grape juice. I don't know if it had a little bit of percentage. I don't know. Jesus made wine. The Bible clearly talks about be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being drunk is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Now... I like the Calvary Chapel stance, you know, how Chuck was, you know, he just says, hey, you know, I choose to drink with Jesus when we get to heaven when we, right. know, for, the, <laughs> for the feast just because of my, my past with, with alcohol. I don't, I don't trust it because the fact that I see so many people in ministry and different people that have dabbled with it mm-hmm. and it's opened the Pandora box and now all of a sudden they're getting drunk. It didn't start. It didn't start with a pastor or someone in the church going, I'm going to go get hammered tonight. Right. <laughs> it, and I've seen this personally with pastors and pastors' wives around me where they start with, oh, it's a social drink. Hey, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine right. or be not drunk. Yes. Or, you know, you know, Jesus made wine. Yes, this is clear. But what happens is that little bit of compromise it starts next thing you know, a year later. It could be ten years later. It could be twenty years later. Right. And yep. then next thing you know, they end up in this situation where now they're getting drunk. Exactly. And 
And alcohol is always, to us, always a gateway, like to more things, right? Right. And so your inhibitions, they go down. Your your judgment gets twisted sometimes. You don't make right decisions, you know? And the Bible tells us to <laughs> Read be. Read the Bible. There's all these guys that clearly didn't make right decisions yeah, right. when they were drunk. Be exactly. sober. Be vigilant. Be aware. Be, you know, be wise. You know, all of these things come with the, the, with the, uh, the call to be clear-headed. Focus, making decisions based on, on truth. Um, and I think for us, too, it's like we realize the the aspect of like we come from friends and family that have had battles, gnarly battles with alcohol and stuff. The last thing I want to do is be having a, a beer or like drinking and like they that's a major stumbling. Like that's actually what's keeping them away from submitting to the Lord, because when they drink, they're out doing right. gnarly stuff. We've and seen too help. many of these stories. Yeah. Because like, for a while, I kind of backed off the whole alcohol thing. I'm like, you know what? Just leave it alone. Like, it's not worth it. But you know what? I'm seeing too many Christians, people's lives being destroyed from it. Yeah. And the non believer as well. But this is something you do not want to mess with. It's not worth it. And even me as raising kids, I don't want to expose my kids to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, like, say, oh, okay, you know, we drink a glass of wine. Yeah. Because maybe my kids never even want to drink a glass of wine in their life. Now I've just opened the door to them even thinking about it. Yep. Exactly. You know? Well, and, you think about yeah. it, it's like... And I'm not saying you're going to go to hell for right. drinking a glass of wine. I'm not I'm not legalistic <laughs> like that. But I'm just saying, I've seen too many the people's lives destroyed. It's, it's, why take the chance? Right. But where's the power in, you know, your walk with the Lord in... Witnessing to people. If you're drinking, just one glass. I mean, we're not talking about getting drunk and you're with all these people. It's like, where's the power in that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going to, and then you're giving them the wrong idea that, oh, okay, she's drinking, she's talking to me about the Lord, or I know she's a Christian, I know what church she goes to. So it's okay. On your drink, you need to write, I only drink one beer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted. It's only no, one. It's appearance. It is. Yeah. You know, and so why, why would you want there to be anything that's the appearance of something that's not right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though it could be just one, but it's never going to stay just one. Yeah. It's never going to stay at one. matter of time, yes. it will turn into it's one and a half. Like, just for the Super Bowl. Exactly. You know, just for this. <laughs> then you realize, okay, just for this, just for that. Then hey. it's at a, a baby shower again. Then it's at a yeah. then it's at a, a baptism. Right. Who knows? Yeah. You know, like they, they make no 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 you know, no there's no change. Like right. you become an event. Oh, I'll stop. Then you come like we were in the world. I'll stop next week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what's int- you know what's you know what's really interesting is the fact that, you know, the uh the alcohol in wine is way more potent. It's like 12% sure. or something than, sure. than a beer. Yep. So people say, I just drink a glass of wine. Dude, that's like drinking three beers. Yep. Three beers. Right. Three be- I, I don't know about you. I drank three beers and I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm yep. ready to party. That's yep. right. I'm not thinking straight. I can tell you, my walls have come down. <laughs> Things are going to come out of my mouth that probably I shouldn't say to people. Yep. Because... That that wall comes down. Exactly. Yep. You lose control. So people are, you know, you could just be in denial and just say, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this all goes to like, you know, what we started talking about earlier uh, in the show. You know, there's b- people battling w- with depression. They're battling with 
um, multiple issues, and they could be linked by multiple things. I do think it's a big thing is the breakdown of the home. You know, no, no authority, no stability, uh, no moral standard, like like you guys are saying. I believe that's a result of taking the Bible out of school, to, trying to. Um, you take God out of everything, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, the government is doing and multiple states have tried to do in multiple aspects because they don't want to offend people. And all you're getting what you want, but the results is not good. Because whenever a nation takes away God out of their lives, that nation will eventually crumble. It will get darker because the hearts of men are evil. Another thing that's linked to um, suicidal stuff is like, we talked about it a little bit with uh, social media because it has this false persona of reality. Yes. The other thing is pornography. People right. battle with pornography so much because it becomes this secret thing. Or it's like, okay, I don't want to have sex with someone because I know that's wrong, but I'll dabble with this. And then you dabble with it a little bit more. And then you're trying to hide it. Then you're battling with this depression, this condemnation, this guilt, the shame. And the enemy starts working in your life, and you have no peace, man. Exactly. And things are all over the map, you know. Enemy, the enemy, you know. I've heard your dad say before. He, you know, the Bible calls us to be fishers of men. Satan's a good fisherman. Your dad always brings it up, and Satan knows the right bait to use for he each individual person, bait, huh? and also able to have patience. Drop it and just let it go for a while, and boom, when it got got you on the hook, boom, pull it. And that's why you have to be mindful of your enemy. You know, be mindful of his tactics. The Bible tells us that. And to be aware, to be clear-headed. Whoa, that's a that's a danger zone over there. Right. You know, this is something like I don't want to dabble with. I don't, I don't want to get too close here. I don't want to start drinking again because when I start drinking again, I do this. And this is what I did back in the day. Everything is bad. So many bad things came in my life. I don't want to open up that door again. And, but if you don't think that way and like it's a big problem, I mean, that's on you. And that's when it comes down to um, do you want to follow what God's saying by his Holy Spirit? Because a lot of people will say, you know, I got freedom to do this and I have freedom to do this. I always refer back to um, Galatians 5.1. It says, but stand fast. Do not be entangled again in a yoke of bondage like times past. And true people say, I'm free. Have liberty. There's liberty in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have freedom in Christ. But understand that freedom shall never lead you back into bondage. So if your liberty or your freedom that you think you have leads you back into a place of bondage, I would say you're not free. If one beer, if you drink one beer and you drive your car, you can get a DUI. Yeah. Think about one glass of wine. I know. I just looked it up. Right. So beer is 4.5%. And uh, wine is anywhere from twelve and a half to thirteen and a half, so it's triple. Yeah. So if one beer legally by the state of California or the United States, basically, uh-huh. you're drunk with one. You drink one. I just drank a glass of wine, and I'm a Christian. Uh-huh. You are three times over. You're drunk. Yeah. You can't drive a car. Right. So three. Exactly. Yep. So Actually, anyway, we just say that because we're not we're not legalistic. We're just stating the facts. The facts are. You want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what the Bible uh, and, says. And also, alcohol is a depressant. Yeah, it is. On top of it all. Right. Going it, back to this whole show about depression, suicide, it all, there's all different yeah. roads that Satan uses to lead back to the goal, and that's to still kill and destroy. Look, and in life, we all follow something. 
We all have an example that mm-hmm. we're going to follow. What are you going to follow? Are you going to follow after Christ? Or are you going to follow after the world? And this is for parents. How do you want your child to grow up? If you want them to grow up and walk with the Lord, you have to be that example. You have to be that example. They're going to follow your lead. They might buck you at every turn, but they're going to follow that because we all follow somebody. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to be that example. And that's why it's so important as parents to be doers of the word and to teach them like Sean was talking about, teach them how to pray, teach them how to read the word. They're not going to know. I mean, as a, when you become a Christian, you don't know what you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to start in this book. No, show them. Hey, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to read the Bible. This is where you should start. And let's discuss it. What is there that you don't understand? Let me help you understand what the word of God says, because at an age, it's going to be difficult. I have difficulty understanding some of it sometimes and I'm old. You know what I'm saying? So not just saying, read the word, go do your thing, but actually taking the time. Yep. Explain it. Yes. And, and, and that's what our, the great need is. We need to be able to have a passion and vision for the time that God has placed us in world history and church history. We need to pray for the church to, to wake up. We need to pray for us to have a heart of compassion for those that are in need. For if or you have children or you have their friends that come into your home, you could be an example to them. For the people that you work with, this is how we can fulfill the calling of God in our lives. It is not just from speaking, but it's by doing, like, like Melinda was just saying. And that is, as we're coming to the close of this show, we want to remind you of a couple things. The Kill the Noise Tour, going into all the high schools, the whosoevers, have a heart for this generation. So we encourage you, if you have a link to any high school, Invite the whosoever's out. They'll come down. They'll be able to speak at one of those assemblies. They do an amazing thing, and everything just flows. Encourage you guys to sign up also. Go to the whosoever's.com. Bunch of product is out as well. All When you purchase any product of the whosoever's, what is um, from that product, the, the purchase of that goes right back into the movement. Maybe you're down with the heartbeat. Number one, pray for how God will open up doors, but also put it to action. Donate. Give to the cause. Um, they On the com. you could also see a monthly giving program that is set up, just like anything that we're down with in our day-to-day life, like we invest in places, coffee, different things, because we like what we get from those places. If you believe in the cause, donate to the cause of the whosoever's, and also go to ryan-reese.com to keep up with all of our archives going back two and a half years. Subscribe to the podcast Follow on all the social media outlets so you can be up to date. Also, Ryan's wake-up tour as he's going to the churches all over the place. Over 20 booked right now, another 20 coming. That's going to go all the way to 2018. So if you are out of church and you want Ryan to come out, make sure that you email ryan uh, com. right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Go there. They'll come out. And an amazing thing. Have a vision for your community around you. Yes, absolutely. We need to, uh, as a church... All of us together, we need to get in tune with God. We need to wake up and look at our the, everything that's going on around us and figure out ways, plot, plan, how to take the land, basically. Mm-hmm. We need to take the land by storm. I mean, when we believe, we believe that there's heaven and hell, and people are, amver- people are entering eternity every second. Mm-hmm. And what can we do 
in this time to reach as many people as possible before the king comes back. That's it. I love you guys. Peace. Talk to you soon. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.